So my guest today is uh, Chrissy Humphrey. Chrissy reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um, she's talking about coaching, writing, loads of things, really. She's got a fantastic story to tell, but who better to tell than Chrissy herself? So Chrissy, welcome to the uh, Inside the Orange podcast. How's your day been so far? Oh, my day has been um, very good this morning. Um, I've been in contact with a few people this morning and just talking to you has already brightened up my morning. So thank you very much for having me on your podcast. No worries at all. So for the benefit of our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll talk in detail in a bit, but give us give us an overview of who is Chrissy. Sure. So really in a nutshell, um, I'm Chrissy. I was born in Germany, but I've been in the UK for uh, over 14 years now. Um, I'm a book and mindset coach uh, and I've written just recently my own memoir. Okay, awesome stuff. So um, you uh there's a there's a slight accent i'm hearing there so i believe you grew up in in germany um what was that like growing up in, in germany how was your childhood what was what was growing up there like yeah so um growing up wasn't really uh easy my parents had their own business therefore they never really had the time or the energy to do much else um i had two older brothers they were nine and 13 years older um, and by the time I was five, they were just more interested uh, in going out with their friends than playing with their little sister. Um, and my brothers, they followed uh, my dad's footsteps and worked as electricians in the business. So and uh, for me, I always felt a bit like the odd one out. I don't know if you if you know what I mean by that, but it's just like I never really fitted in. Um, I was different. I had different opinions. I had crazy ideas. Well, in their point of view, um, and I felt I was um, being kept in a cage. Um, and having an opinion or starting a discussion was really frowned upon and my dad punished us um, mentally and physically. So there was no love or affection and my dad, he doesn't give hugs. So um, I find that really strange to this day to give my dad a handshake, but that's what he does. He, he grew up um, in the war. So for him, I think it was um, really, really tough. Um, and um, I still, um, struggled with memory um, and I had memory problems when I was in school so I didn't do really well in school and my head teacher once told me that I won't amount to anything which is the title of my book. Okay and we will get to that book we will talk about that but what that's you, you mentioned about the kind of cage growing up you know we're being told that by school by having I'm not I'm not I'm not going to call it a lack of love from you I'm not saying there wasn't a lack of love but obviously that affection should we say is that something that you you kind of had to find out for yourself and kind of break a bit of a barrier with that for sure that was really hard not having the affection because obviously when you're growing up you think that's normal that's what what you do that's what everyone does but once you move out of your your family and go to other families and meet other people you go like oh actually that isn't normal you know people do say i love you to each other and they do kiss and they do hug and so why are they not doing it in my family? So I really questioned that for a long, long time. And, um, you know, I, um, it, took me, it took me a while also to accept it, that that's just how my family is. Um, and um, that I can get love and affection from um, my family now. So my children, they, they tell me every day that they love me and I tell them every day that I love them. So I think um, it's, it's nice that I've got this love in my life now, which was missing for so many years. 
And that's important. Was that uh, so? Again, we'll talk of your later life. You know, we're talking about your childhood now. But was that a conscious decision about your children, or did it come naturally that maternalness? You know, from, 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 that you didn't have that affection. Was it something you were consciously aware of, making sure you did? Um, so when I was growing up, I always was good with children. I don't know why, but I always loved uh, playing with children and um, having some time with them. So I decided I wanted to become a nursery teacher. So um, I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed um, the, the work that I did with them and there was no judgment as well. You know, whatever you did with them, they just loved um, playing with you and it was just awesome. But because I was working with children every day, I kind of made the decision for myself at one stage that I didn't want children because if you, you know, constantly working with them, it's quite hard as well. It's exhausting. Um, but I was like, mm, I don't think I need any children. I think I'm quite happy as I am. But then I met my husband and then everything um, changed. <laughs> Awesome. So with, with, with that, um, so just to jump ahead a, few, a little while, you then went traveling. So you talked about you work with children. I believe that was in the US um, that you yes. work with children, but you've been US, Australia, Japan. You've been to some some places. Again, was that something that was based on the child of wanting to see more or how, how did how did you go from this growing up in, in Germany to going mm. to go to see the world? What did that look like? So when I finished um, my nursery uh, diploma, so I was 20 years old, I finished it and um, an opportunity came up to work as a au pair in America. And that was for me the ticket to freedom, basically. Um, I knew that I wanted to travel, I wanted to see the world and I could combine it with something that I knew how how to do it. So um my parents obviously didn't want me to go. They tried everything to keep me back, um, but I really wanted to go. I really wanted to, yeah, leave the cage basically. Um, and it was my gut feeling. It was absolutely the right decision to move, to to leave. And I had the best time of my life. I was, um, I was working with um, this family. They had two gorgeous children, uh, really well behaved and a really nice neighborhood in LA. And it was just freedom for me. It was freedom to go and do whatever I wanted, um, work with the children that were gorgeous. And it was just, yeah, it was just a, a nice um, way of living over there, which I, you know, obviously didn't have when I was growing up. And from the countries you have visited, so was it was it just traveling through places like Australia, Japan, um, New Zealand, you said, and the work was in there? Or were you working across all those areas? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was working uh, in those countries as well. I was um, working in Australia for families there as well. But then I kind of thought like, oh, I want to try something different. So I worked in a hotel as well, a big hotel in Sydney, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, just really made enough money to to travel some more. So um, it kind of funded all of my traveling. So all the jobs that I did were, were good and uh, they helped me to travel more. Um, and then I ended up in Thailand, which, you know, we're going to uh, talk about in a minute as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's quite a significant shall we say part of your or moment in your life around that, that that could have been very very different we'll get we'll get onto that just with the in terms of the au pairing and things like that so obviously you're now in the world of like coaching and writing especially the coaching did you see yourself as a coach to the children do you is that kind of where the coaching story started from those early years of early years development with the, with the kids 
Mm, yeah, so I think I always had the urge to help other people, either the children or people, but I always did something. You can see that through through my whole life that I always had to make a difference to, to others. Uh, if it was to, to families, if it was in the hotel, um, you know, anything that I did was always to make a difference. So for me, I think I was a coach all my life, but I didn't really realize until I was actually studying coaching that, um, yeah, that that was my passion and that's what I um, I'm good at as well. No, and it's, it, it's it's almost like being in the eye of the storm. You don't realize when you're doing it, you just think this is a normal thing. And then you look yeah. out and go, actually, I'm, I'm helping other people here. This is this is coaching. <laughs> you know, this is what we do. Um, so you touched it there. So obviously you, you, you were you were uh, living uh, living in uh, abroad. And then there was a significant Christmas, Christmas 2004. Uh, uh. It was a bit of a build up about that because um, obviously there was a tragic thing that ha did happen um, uh. around that time. Tell, yes. us, tell us your Christmas 2004 story. Um, so basically I, um, <laughs> I went to Thailand. I wanted to have a holiday in, in Thailand. Um, I had my backpack on my back and I've got had a, a lonely planet in my hand and I was standing at Bangkok um, uh, train station and I was just looking where to go and there was this um, other girl standing next to me and she had as well a lonely planet in her hand backpack on her back and we both looked at each other and we're like hmm don't know where to start so we both really um, clicked in that moment where we just talked and chatted what we wanted to do we both didn't really have a plan but we just started to chat and um, it kind of turned to uh, turned into this amazing friendship she was Australian um, and she just wanted to travel in Thailand as well so we ended up traveling together for two weeks um, today she's my best best friend we've been together well we have been friends for over 20 years now um, but um, after those two weeks um, she wanted to travel up north um, and I wanted to stay south um, at PP Island um, and that was fine you know we both wanted to do different things but we had an amazing time together um, and then the decision for me was like well money is getting a bit short so I either need to find a job um, or um, I yeah need to to go home so my grandma um, Ottilie that was her name she um, she called me and she said to me look it's almost Christmas now um, do you do you fancy coming home for Christmas because she was already um, in her 90s uh, and I just felt like maybe I need to go home and just spend maybe a few more Christmases at home. So with, because I had a really good relationship with my grandma as well. Um, so yeah, the question was really, should I stay and find a job or should I go home for Christmas? Because I was traveling for quite a while and I was like, you know what, it might be quite nice to go home. And she, she kind of begged me. She said like, come on, you know, I want to see you. I want to spend Christmas with you. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen. So I went home and that was um, on the 22nd of December in 2004. And as we all know, then on the 26th on Boxing Day, the tsunami hit um, the whole region and also the island where I was staying a few days before. So to this day, I, I still get goosebumps now, um, is like that my grandma really saved me um, I think, and I, it would take me quite a while to understand as well um, how significant that was and, and um, how that all changed my life as well. 
and obviously it's you know it's really important it was a tragic time obviously people lost lives and you know we that, that absolutely but it just goes to show how significant one single phone call can be or one single yeah. moment can be that can change yeah. someone's world and I mean that that is really you know really important to kind of that and I mean you, you said it, it it's kind of stayed with you to this day I mean obviously it's uh it, it's something nice that you have from your grandmother as well as a gift of actually come home and again yeah. as we talk about the future you know this is where probably your your return started to to what you were going to do and, and who you are today possibly you know that's right that's right I always feel like you know she's sitting on my shoulder and she's watching over me so yeah she's still with me and she's guiding me um so um yeah I think she she helped me really um to get through the tough times as well which we'll talk in a minute as well yeah, no that's fine and so so where where does this bring you so 2004 is that in the UK sorry did you say or is that in in, in Germany or so that was Germany yeah so I went back to Germany um for a period of time um and uh yeah tra traveled some more really um and had a few jobs in Germany um but then in 2008 um the opportunity came up to work for an airline so for Qantas in the UK um and I always thought like oh wouldn't it be amazing to combine traveling with helping others as well so that's when I started to work for for Qantas as a flight attendant and shortly after I met my husband as well um which yeah again life-changing um as well <laughs> so so take us to kind of where we are now so we, we want to get into where we're doing with your your coaching your writing so how did that start uh a few questions here how did that start and was it impacted with what we had with covid and everything we've had you know did, did it have to did you have to change a lot um mm. tell us the coaching and the writing story tell us where it begins from that okay so um during covid i was homeschooling my children and i taught growth mindset sessions um on zoom so i knew a few uh children from friends and um i also knew a lot about growth mindset i was studying a lot about growth mindset um and i was teaching my children about it and i thought like you know what i could just do this on zoom and i could help some more children um during the pandemic so i just regret to this day that i didn't really go bigger and help more children because i could have done um but it was just um for me to i've learned to stay positive uh in the difficult times and um that's when i started my coaching journey as well so i knew that i wanted to do something um that again helps people that supports people um and i found this course online that um helps people to to understand what coaching is and um yeah that's when i signed up during uh, covid i signed up for the coaching academy and started to to learn all about coaching and started to practice coaching as well um which was amazing because i met a lot of people again um they were on the same journey as me uh, had lots of stories to tell and again i was making a difference to people with my coaching so that was always important to me as well yeah and, and again so it's so interesting that you talked about when you were doing the the early years back in many years ago and then obviously mm. getting back into the idea of the coaching during covid so obviously changing that, that that world change moment again where obviously covid the world stopped we had to educate our children at home there was a lot of a lot of that but it gave you a window into 
something that you've been doing, you know, for, for, for years almost. Yes. That's was, it, was it something you went back and thought, hang on, I've been doing this for a long time? Or was it was it like a eureka moment? Oh, hang on, I can do this. You know, how was oh, it? Oh, for sure. No, it was it was definitely something like, wow, you know, like I have been doing this all my life. Um, I've done it with children. I've done it with adults. Um, and it was just really easy for me. It was just like, you know, having a quick rapport with someone that was was easy for me you know my husband always said to me oh you're so good just talking to people and I was like I love it I love making a difference I love um helping people so it was for me like it was just a natural thing to do for me to to really become a coach yeah <laughs> coaching your children and coaching other children or adults who are the hardest audience Mm, um, definitely, um, you know, children are easy because there, there's no, um, you know, questions that they are asking. They're just like really open to lots of things. They don't think about yesterday. They don't think about tomorrow. They're just, you know, seeing as it is and they tell you exactly how it is as well. So they're quite blunt, um, which is, you know, lovely. I enjoy that. Um, but with, with adults, it's very different because obviously they have got their experiences. They've got all of the things that are holding them back, which they sometimes don't realize, you know, old beliefs um, and um, maybe some self-doubt as well so you know children are, are easier I would say but it's more fulfilling to see the aha moment from uh, some people that are coached in just one session where they go like oh my god you know how did I not think about this before so I think that was for me like wow this is amazing and you know there's a lot in that that I'm just sitting here listening and it's it's so true so I remember I was doing a a, a, a part of my university study, which was to look at yourself as a uh, a seven year old uh, child, take yourself back to when you were seven, and yeah. I had to go and write my about my family, and I had to go back to my family and say, right, what was I like at seven? And it was interesting that the answers to those questions were very similar to what I do now, but mm -hmm. because, like you said, the learned beliefs, what you get told, what you believe, what everything happens as an adult, that self doubt, that fear of looking silly, that doesn't exist in a seven year old. That fearful. No. I'm going to answer this, you know, that hand straight up in a classroom, you know, it's so, so important that it, it and it, what you just said there is 100% true. So yeah, there's that ease of it. So when we're teaching people, it's almost like, or coaching people, we have to go back to that point of almost talking to people like their children, you know, get that child spirit mm. back out in them. Is that fair? For sure, 100%. And I mean, coaching is very different to, uh, let's say, um, a psychologist. So we don't really go back to what happened in the past. We kind of just take people where they are at the moment and where they want to be. Um, but obviously, a lot of those beliefs that we've got, they come from when we were little, either from our parents, from our teachers, um, or for something that we've seen. So, and we carry those beliefs with us for so many years. I mean, I, mean, I can tell you my own beliefs. It's like, you know, um, I was thinking for years and years, I'm not clever enough, or because I've got memory problems, you know, or my English is not good enough, because, you know, I'm not, I was... Uh, I grew up in Germany. So there is so many beliefs that stop you from doing things. Nobody else would tell you this, but you're the one that's telling you all those stories over and over again, and that will stop you from doing it as well. So, um, but if you work on them, then, you know, the, the world is your oyster. You can do so much more if you don't have those um, shackles, if you don't have those beliefs anymore. So Chrissy, let's talk 2022. Where are you now from where you've been? 
So 2022 has been quite an interesting year already for me. Um, and um, I should start by um, December, actually, 2021. Um, so in December 2021, I moved out of my family home. Uh, my husband and I were split up and I moved into a rental property um, in December. And then I was working for, for Apple um, for a few months, but because of um, the divorce and a lot of other things going on, um, they made me redundant in February 2022. So, and when all of this happened, I kind of hit rock bottom. I was really like so, so low. And, you know, some people might understand how that feels when you just, when days look gray or black and you just don't see any more light at the end of the tunnel, when you just feel so, so low, um, when, you know, when you don't know how to, to get over, you know, this and how you're going to move on from it. Um, that was really, really hard. And I think, you know, my children and my friends, they've really helped me uh, in this difficult time. I mean, my children, they still had to go to school. I didn't tell them what was going on, but, you know, I had to get up in the morning to get them to school, to give them breakfast and all of that. And that really helped me to, to not, fall into this really deep, deep, deep depression. I mean, I was not in a good place and um, my friend thankfully um, helped me as well. Um, but yeah, it was just time for me to like hit the reset button. It was just like, I can't go on like this. You know, this is my life. I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, I need to really reset, rethink, what do I want to do? You know, how can I, um pay my rent how can I feed my kids you know it was really a difficult difficult time for me and a lot of emotions as well you know I was sad I was angry I was disappointed I was nervous there was just so many different emotions um but um I really then took the time to to think to read to listen to podcasts to you know everything that I've learned so far about self-development about um you know being the best that you can be and maybe also using a situation that has been not good but use it to to maybe turn your life around and that's what I then did um after I was made redundant I was like okay I really want to focus on my coaching business I really want to focus on helping other people um and that's when I started to journal as well I uh journaled every day you know for hours and hours sometimes I was just writing I was just writing stuff down whatever came to my mind I didn't um edit I just wrote you know pages and pages of of stuff that went through my head um and and that's where the idea was born then to write a book as well and I can't tell you now why but someone something up there maybe the universe whatever you believe in but someone told me to write a book so and that's how it started that's incredible. I mean, you know, it's again, another moment that you, you've got to make a decision. Again, we talked about what happened in 2004. This is the same kind of thing, isn't it? This is this thing of what do I do? Where do I go? And again, I appreciate, you know, just how honest you've been there about such a difficult time. How do people that you talk to with coaching, people you've helped, do you do you want to be this open with people because do you feel it helps them understand you that maybe they're not alone in certain battles because 
you know, being rock bottom is the thing we no one wants, but sometimes to, we have to get there to see where we go up from, you know, if that makes sense. But yeah, tell 100%. us about that. Yeah, 100%. And um, I, I want to be open with everyone um, because I think sometimes we don't want to talk about divorce or we don't want to talk about re redundancy because, again, you know, it's like not feeling good enough and telling the whole world that you're, you know, a failure, basically, you know, that you're not um, part of the society that is doing really well. But by sharing my story, I want to tell other people as well that, you know, that doesn't mean it's the end. It might be something for you to, to rethink of what you really want to do. What is your gift? What is something that you've always wanted to do? You know, what did you enjoy as a child? Or what um, what difference could you make to other people? This is as it's really a time, you know, not to um, feel all sad. It's maybe a time as well where the universe is telling you, look, this is not meant to be your story. Maybe there's something that you haven't planned, but maybe there's a, another story for your plan. So I would always be, you know, open to anyone that feels not very good or feels down or feels hopeless, you know, to give either a charity as well give a charity a ring, you know, talk about your feelings, talk about what's going on, talk to your friends, talk to your family, anyone that you can think of, talk to people, because the worst that you can do is staying at home, feeling sorry for yourself, and not um, really doing something about it. So, you know, talk to people, that's what I would always say, you know, get some help, and um, yeah, be be open to to some help as well, because sometimes we as women as well, uh, maybe men as well, we don't like to ask asking for help. We just don't. You know, we want to do everything on our own. But it's sometimes really necessary to ask for help. And what I love about your story, listening to it today, and again, you know, as I said to you before we went on air, I don't kind of do a lot of pre-work with people that I record with because I like to hear this for the first time. I like to hear this the same time the listeners are listening to this. Mm. Yeah, I do have a bit of background because obviously you do send me some some bios, but actually listening to the, the humanness of this. And what I love is, let's go back to when you're a child, the lack of affection, you know, in a taboo, we don't do, you know, it's not something that we do. You had to learn that to kind of go through life and to go, you know, to coach people after talking about divorce, about redundancy, we don't talk about, you know, so many taboo subjects in this world that we just feel we can't share. But actually, when we do share, we're helping one more person, aren't we? We're talking to someone else that might have been affected. And we're saying those amazing words, you're not alone. And when people that's don't right. feel alone, that's when they can start getting some help, isn't it? For sure, 100%. Um, and you are not alone. You know, there's billions of people on this planet. But these days, unfortunately, you know, everyone is in their own little bubble. And, you know, with social media, we can be at home, be connected with the world, but we are in our own bubble. So the most important thing is really to talk to people, reach out and, um, you know, get some help. And I, I ask a lot of my guests this, and it is quite important, well, quite surreal, because obviously... I, I host a podcast on social media. I do social media accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But it, what are your thoughts on social media? Do we Should we use it as a tool as we should use in everything? But actually, it's not the be all and end all. What I mean by that is we see people wanting to share the good moments in their life, you know, and, and, and people are hiding the, not the bad points, but things not to be shared. 
do you think there's a kind of risk with people using social media that actually just share honesty? Don't you don't have to share everything. You don't have to undershare. You don't have to overshare. But what, what, what's your thoughts on social media? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, so when I was in in the middle of everything, so you know, going through all of the emotions and everything, I was not on social media. I was just like you know, completely withdrawn from everything. Um, you know, I didn't want people to 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 know what was going on. And you know, when you're in the middle of it, you 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 know, you don't want to share a picture of you crying, or you don't want to share a picture of you, you know, um, feeling upset. But um, for me, I can share it now because I'm over it. But in that moment, no, I wouldn't say you know, social media is the right place to share it because you know, there's also some people out there that are unkind. They might make comments that make it even worse. So I think um, some of the things that just need to stay private for you to just cope with it. Once you're over it, or once you've dealt with it or once you've gotten the help then you can say look you know this is what helped me to overcome this in order um, for you to maybe get better as well so I think um, you can use social media once you've got um, the answers or once you've got your blueprint of what you can do to help others so for me it would be how I managed to get over divorce how I managed to um, you know find my way back to who Chrissy is and who Chrissy um, will be um, and also uh, I think to share with people that um, I, I've done it and so can you, you know, if I can do it, so can you. And that's when social media can be powerful because if you share it with one person, then maybe this person shouldn't share it with another person. So you might just make an, an impact on, on one person, but also it could go massive and you could have more people. So don't worry about sharing too much um, afterwards because it might help more people than you think. So um, something you mentioned you did was was journaling. Um, really, really important. You said it was important for yourself. Uh, a couple of questions on that. So are we good at journaling as a, as, a, as a kind of a lot of us? Or is it something that I believe that men aren't as good at journaling? Or is that fair? Or do, do, do you have much kind of uh, experience in terms of other people journaling and how helpful it can be? Mm. I think generally is becoming more and more normal, you know, for, for men as well. Uh, I mean, I was just in a bookshop yesterday and there was a whole area just of journals, you know, very colourful journals, small journals, big journals. So I think it's becoming more popular now. Um, uh, I think, you know, it would be helpful for men and women to journal. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, dear diary you know today I did this and that it doesn't have to be like that it's just like writing down your thoughts you know on um, either in the morning you know what um, you're hoping to achieve or by the end of the day like I've always have the questions like uh, what went well what went well today what didn't go so well today and what did I learn um, and and that that's all it needs really you know just a few questions to make you think or you can buy journals as well that have already some some question in it every day there's a different question so you don't even have to come up with your own questions but I think we are so busy these days you know we're busy with social media we're busy with our jobs we're busy with everything but the time to really go in you and just really listen to what you're thinking what you're saying 
is really important as well. And it might help you as well to see where you started and where you today. So you can see your progress as well, um, which I think is, is awesome as well. And from your experience, what's the best time to journal? Is it a good thing to plan your day or is it a better thing to get to the end of the day and go, this is what I've achieved and this is what tomorrow I want to bring? What, what works best or does it matter? I think it doesn't matter. Everyone has to find their own way to, to do it. But for me, it's like I start my day with a gratitude journal. So I write down three things that I'm grateful for. And then at the end of the day, I write down um, the questions that I just mentioned before. So um, what did I learn? What can I do better? What was great? Um, and then also I plan my day the day before. So that works for me uh, where I already have a few things planned for the next day. But I also make time for breaks um, because I get well in the past. I got distracted so much. So now I schedule in times for 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 doing emails, for doing messages to my friends. Um, I think when you're working for yourself, it's also um, very important to to stick to the things that you said you're going to do do because otherwise the day just goes so for me journaling and writing the things down the day before is really really important and again you mentioned it early on and I want to know how much we can talk about it because I know it's not quite out just as yet of time of recording I don't believe journaling must have led to this book being written so let's talk about your book what are we to expect from this and and when can we get it where can we get it when it does appear? <laughs> Um, so yeah, the uh, the journal definitely led me to to writing my own book. So in the beginning, it was just like you know a few post-it notes to like oh I could just write this and that, and then it was getting longer and longer and longer. And then I started really filling out pages and pages of things that I remembered from the past of that you know I found difficult and ah oh, just wrote down everything. I didn't I didn't edit it. I just wrote down everything, and then for some reason or the other. I thought like you know what I could make maybe a book out of that and in the beginning it was just like me writing a book uh, I mean that's what a lot of writers and authors say in the beginning they're like I'm not a writer I'm not an, an author but actually <clears throat> if you've got a message to tell and if you um, want to share um, you know something that you've learned or something that could help others then why not you know even if if let's say the reviews are really bad I don't really care to be honest with you because it was for me um, to tell my story and to help others and if it helps just one person then you know my book is already worth um, writing because it would just you know make a huge difference so um, yeah, um, just something else that I want to mention was that um, uh, I coached uh, a lady that um, had a diary. So she kept her diary of uh, when she was raped in her 20s and she wanted to publish it in order to help other date rape survivors. And um, through the coaching, um, she got more confidence to, to write about it, to actually publish it. And now uh, it is published and now she's helping other rape survivors with her book. So for me, that was just like the, the, the moment of like, wow, you know, if I can help people to write their books, then their stories can help other people as well. So that was for me like, wow, this is amazing. Um, so, and that was another reason for me to, to write my own book because it, I, I can help other people with, with my experience as well. I can share what I've been through 
Um, and um, yeah, the book is coming out 7th of July on Amazon. Um, and the book will be called uh, You Won't Amount to Anything because this is what the head teacher said to me when I was little. So um, yeah, I'm excited about it. <laughs> and that's, again, it's it's nice. We brought that kind of all the way from the circle because that was one of the first things we said at the beginning of this interview. And that's why I think it's always important when people come on this podcast that we start at the beginning because this is about understanding people and we all it has to start from the beginning it has to start from where where it was um in terms of, i'm going to ask you a couple of questions i know I, I i normally send my guests questions so i don't blindside them, but this, this one i really want to know so and i have asked it to other guests in the past let's let's take you back i don't i don't mind when it is but it's a time when either you needed your book or you needed your coaching as you are now I want you to give the message to yourself, possibly on your lower points that said that if you had the chance to, if, if I wasn't on this screen that you can see next to you, this was you at that point, what would you like to say to yourself? Well, I would say even in the darkest days, you know, you will see that there's a light at the tunnel. So don't give up and um, don't think that this is the end. This can be the beginning of something new. So and I would say that to everyone that's feeling like that, you know, don't give up, you know, reach out and, um, you know, ask for help. Because if you're that low, um, then you know there's a lot of people that that have really really dark thoughts and it's horrible um but there is a way out and there are things that you can do and if you need someone to talk to you know reach out to me reach out to to a charity reach out to family and friends but there is always people there that can support you Brilliant stuff. And now I also want to take you to your journal in 10 years time. You haven't even written it yet. It's on this last page. What does that say you've achieved 10 years from now? What 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 are you reading about yourself? What oh, you wow. These are hard <laughs> questions, isn't it? That's why I don't send them. I don't want you to think about them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, oof, that, okay, 10 years time. I think... Um, I would like to say in my journal that I am so proud of myself that I've helped um, so many people the last 10 years with my book, with my talks, with my podcasts. Um, and I, I am proud that my children um, uh, have um, me as a mum because they're doing now powerful things as well. And um I can't believe that I've done all those things um, over the years and um, that I'm still making an impact today with my book and maybe also, no, not maybe, and with another book as well. So that's what I would say. Love that. Love that. So let's get to the most important thing. How do people find you? People are listening today and they go, I want to read this. I want to speak to Chrissy. I want, I want to, 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 to feel great. How can I get in touch with you? Sure. So um, I'm still working on a website, so I haven't got a website just yet, but you can find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I'm Chrissy Humphrey on both social medias. Just, you know, send me a message, um, you know, get in touch. I would love to hear from you, even if it's just like a, a chat, you know, I'm always open to to people to um, that want to um, have like a, 
a partner um, that can just listen. So I'm, I'm happy to just be there for you if you need someone to listen to. And, and we'll share that on the show notes in the description so people can find it easily once they listen to the episode. So it makes that. Um, it's, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you about it. Let's, um, just a bit more. Anything else you want to give us about the book? Yeah, anything else you want to just say before we go? You've got a, a last bit of an outro just to talk to the listeners. Yeah, so um, thank you for, for having me, Rich. I think it was brilliant just to talk about, you know, my journey. Uh, and it hopefully will resonate with, with other people as well that um, if they had something in their past or um, that they're going through at the moment um, that they find really difficult, um, that there's, um, you know, that there's a book out there that you can read about. Then there's tips in my book as well, how you can overcome those challenges. And um, yeah, there's, um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to um, talk to, to anyone about it as well. So thank you for, for having me. No, thank you for, thank you for sharing your story. It's been amazing and I know it will help so many more people. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you.